to let you know that the CL podcasts are officially sponsored by our partners Rice Up. Rice Up, healthy and functional snacks. Welcome to Food for Thought, the CL podcast. We'll always need to eat, so farming and food processing will always have a future. But the changes impacting these sectors are huge. At a time of transitions, reinventions and global social responsibility, CL Paris is reaffirming its ambition by uniting food professionals around the major transformations taking place in the industry. I'm David Addison, and in this edition of Food for Thought, we will hear from Michelin-starred chef Mara Colagreco about circular gastronomy and how it is shaping the industry. First, though, a look at some of the recent news. An Austrian company, Revo Foods, has suggested that its new products could be the most realistic plant-based seafood analogues ever. The company has debuted a tuna spread, a salmon spread and smoked salmon fillets, which will initially be available in Billa supermarkets in Austria, with sales in Denmark, Germany and the UK set to follow. In comments reported by media, Revo Foods CEO Robin Simza said after tasting the tuna spread, people had asked the company to confirm that it really was plant-based. Puris, an early innovator of plant-based food systems, has launched its first consumer brand, Acre Made. Promising a better plant-based egg, the product is easy to use, nutritious and free from the top nine allergens. Acre Made is ushering in a new era of plant-based eggs with healthy products, unlocking what is described as a world of potential for a vegan diet. Acre Made developed an egg substitute made from purest star ingredient, yellow field peas. The ingredient is made from nutritious and planet-friendly pulses and satisfies hunger while refueling a regenerative food system at the same time. According to a recent analysis by Fact.mr, sales of vegan eggs accounted for $1.5 billion, 1.55 billion euros, in 2021, and are expected to reach a value of close to $3.3 billion in the next decade, with a high CAGR of 8.3% through 2031. AcreMade plans to support this growth using the foundation of Puris's scaled protein supply. AcreMade is debuting its plant-based egg substitute, a shelf-stable powder perfect for scrambling or baking. A game-changer for breakfast scramblers, quiches and cookies alike. Substitute is available for purchase at acremade.com in a case of eight 4.9-ounce bags, equivalent to a total of 96 servings. It'll cost just under $55. Additionally, the brand uses upcycled certified pea starch, a new certification that recognises brands that have put previously unused ingredients to work, which decreases waste while improving sustainability metrics. The brand has a strong innovation pipeline and will launch additional products in 2023 in frozen, refrigerated and shelf-stable formats that address customer needs across retail, food service and ingredient applications. It is also the only brand to use yellow field peas as the main protein source in its plant-based egg product. Right, let's move to our guest for this edition. I spoke to Mara Colagreco of the Michelin-starred Mirazur restaurant about circular gastronomy. Mm -hmm. 
start, if we can, with what circular gastronomy is all about and also why it is so important for the food and beverage industry. Uh, circular gastronomy uh, is a gastronomy that's a positive impact in the herd. Um, it's a gastronomy with holistic vision, uh, integrating production, alimentation, and uh, education as well. Right. Uh, it's, uh, it's a will to create virtuous circle uh, from every part of the food chain. Circular gastronomy is the way to tomorrow's food. Uh, there is not other way. Uh, we have to adapt us. Uh, it's uh, unthinkable to continue to bring product from all over the world to our plates. And it's essential because food industry is a pillar of our civilization. We have to start seriously to think about how to feed the population, the herd, uh, not in the next future, but right now, is the only way to guarantee people on the planet a sustainable way of living. So, yes, it's what is uh, circular gastronomy for me? And the importance of it, because we're starting to hear more about it. Uh, why is it so important? Is this to, to sustain the food and beverage industry for, for generations to come? Of course, yes. It's uh, for, the, for the next generations, for the planet. If you, if you wish uh, to, to less something nice uh, to the next generations is so, so important to take care about our production uh, of food and the, and the way we consume this food. So who therefore are the main people or companies uh, involved and, and what role are they going to play in order to reshape our relationship mm -hmm. with food? Well, everybody is the main actor. Uh, restaurants, chef, industry, uh, producers, farmers, everyone. Uh, you know, the, the world has already changed. Uh, it's up to us to catch up. You know, I, I always say um, each time we, we eat, uh, we choose the world we want to live in. So for me, that is so important. And I, I, I believe really everybody is the main actor of this question. Um, we have to, to rethink our way to produce and consume, and I insist on that. Uh, work for a better food habits, more respectful of people and the world around. You know, we used to say, Alone, we go faster, together we go further. But in, in this case, alone, we can't go no further, no faster. And it's essential for all actors of food to work together and show uh, the example. It sounds like there's quite a bit of education that needs to be done, whether it's of consumers or producers. Yes, of course. Education is the most important to, 
to give the example and to show the way who we, we must to do is a very, very, very important thing. Are you coming up against barriers, any roadblocks, if you like, uh, which are, are stopping you and others to try to achieve this goal in the near future? By awarding people, educate and inform all the population, we can make everyone conscious uh, of our actions and the impact of own choice. Uh, and uh, and that, we, yes, it can be a, a roadblock, but uh, in fact, it's the, the, the most important who we need to do is the the transmission and the education. Are government supportive of what you're doing, or are you doing doing this very much on your own as an industry? Uh, not really, you know. Since uh, more than eight years, we start to develop our garden. Um, Everything starts in the soil, in fact. Right. Uh, one of the, the biggest challenges is to preserve it, you know, and, and that we understand immediately uh, on the, practically on the beginning when we, we open Mirasur. Uh, today we have five factors uh, who um, is 100% in permaculture uh, and there we produce the 80% of the vegetables who we consume in, 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 in our restaurant. Um, but in fact, our main goal is to have a better understanding of the, of the nature and of its circle, no? to preserve it, uh, conserve the biodiversity, uh, reintegrate um, habits, uh, to the know-how um, in this direction we have created circular gastronomy to reduce as much as possible ways producing vinegars, kombuchas, pickles, conserves, um, uh, compost, reintegrate in, the, in, the, in our soil, in our garden, you know, so um, is is our action, no? Is is we don't waiting for uh, for help for the government. We we believe on that. Uh, three years ago, for example, we have been certificated uh, of plastic free certification. Uh, yeah. It has been three years of working internally. You know, with the team and 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 externally with uh, our supplies, suppliers as well, and the and the and the producers all around the area. Uh, so that that as well is was uh, is was uh, is wish to act a, a, a need to act. I was going to come onto your restaurant to the Mirazur and, and ask what steps you've taken um, to promote the idea of circular gastronomy. You've, you've, you've touched on a few there. Are there, are there others that you've, you've uh, started to do as well? Yes, yes, that helped a little uh, as well. You know, we, we, um, we are, uh, Mirasuri is a little town, 
הופמנטון הוא מדיום סייז וילאג' אבל אנחנו עושים הרבה נאטרל באוקיאן, באוקיאן And, and uh, we are middle in the city, middle in the, in the uh, Campania, <laughs> yeah. uh, the countryside. Um, and that helped a lot uh, to, to go far in, in this direction as well. Uh, let's move to CL 2022. Um, what role do events like that have to play in this transition towards circular gastronomy? You know, the, this kind of event has a large visibility in um, the food industry and globally. Um, many actors of, of the industry, uh, distributors, chefs, restaurants, producers, consumers, everybody's there. It's a place where the idea can be confronted uh, and can involve and uh, can find their path, you know. Um, It's a way to touch people with a success. Uh, they many do uh, not be aware of uh, convinced people who are not convinced or, or commitment, you know. Uh, so it's a real opportunity. What would you like to see more of, therefore, uh, at this year's event, if anything? Well, I, I would like to see more sustainable actions and I will for a commitment that um, I will to change the food industry and gastronomy into a more respectful one. Um, I want to see projects that are putting the hurt on the hurt, on the hurt, no, on the hurt. Um, so projects that uh, redefine the way to consume and not to create new needs in the society. And that is really very important, no? The, the, the rethinking, the, the, all the chain, you know, of, yeah. uh, of the industry. Uh, right now, innovation should not be synonymous with uh, excessive consum consumption, you know, but has to take into consideration the biggest challenge of uh, the, the humanity, our humanity. Finally, you're going to be a, a patron of, of this year's CL show. What does that role entail? What would you be doing as a patron? Well, as, as the patron of this edition, I would like to impulse and follow discussions uh, with all the actors that could be attending the event uh, on how they feed the herd, planet, population, today and tomorrow. Uh, arise people uh, consciously about necessity to change and um, to change our way of life, way of concern, in order to offer a sustainable future uh, to the next generation. Mara Greco, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Rice Up are the official partners of the CL podcast. Rice Up, healthy and functional snacks. And there will be more news on the back of CL Paris 22 in the next episode.
Now, a new research project from scientists at Lancaster University in the UK has found that, using taste, memories can be recalled much more vividly than when food is not involved. Entitled, It Took Me Back 25 Years in One Bound, Self-Generated Flavour-Based Cues for Self-Defining Memories in Later Life, the project was designed to explore the feasibility of 3D-printed flavour-based cues for the recall of memories in old age. It was published in Human Computer Interaction and was authored by Professor Corinna Sass of Lancaster University, Dr Tom Gaylor, formerly of Lancaster University, and Viva Kalnikaiti of Dovetailed Limited. Working with 12 older adults, they collected 72 memories, half involving food and half not involving food, each recalled twice. This ranged from barbecued mackerel at a golden wedding to eating strawberries in hospital after giving birth. The researchers say their findings could have particular relevance for dementia and those who suffer from the disease. And the study also brings into sharp focus the significance of the sensory experience of food and its lasting impact. For food memory, the researchers on the Lancaster University study worked with the participants to create bespoke flavour-based cues for each one. The 3D printed flavour-based cues are small, gel-like edible balls modelling the original food which are easier to swallow with more intense flavours, without requiring all the ingredients and preparation. Professor Sass said our outcomes indicated that personalised, 3D-printed, flavour-based cues have rich sensorial and emotional qualities supporting strong recollective retrieval, especially when they distinctively match the food in the original experience and prompt emotionally positive, self-defining memories. All the participants were able to provide rich sensory accounts when prompted by flavour-based cues, with most of the details not being present in the earlier free recall. Remembering a green Thai curry dinner in Cambodia, one participant remembered, we went into the kitchen area, which was very basic, and preparing all sorts of types of green vegetables, which I have no idea what they were, sitting on the floor. And then we would help cook them, stir-fry them, and then we would help dish them up. But after being exposed to the 3D-printed flavour-based cue of the green Thai curry, the participant gave a more detailed memory of the chopping noises of cutting up the vegetables, me sitting on the floor cross-legged with my friend chatting together. And then we went out, put stuff on the tables, the rest of the group coming out, and we sat on long tables outside the front of the school, so it's outside in the open air to eat. A striking outcome was the large number of memories cued by flavours that were recalled with strong feelings of being brought back in time, the researchers said. Participants talked about the importance of food memories based on their own experiences of caring for friends or family. One participant whose mother has Alzheimer's said, as soon as she smelled and tasted the food, she would say something like, oh, this is like old-fashioned food, this takes me back. She felt that it was something that she'd had a long time ago. Another participant suggested a scrapbook of food memories to trigger recollections of past events in people with dementia. Professor Sass said the 3D printed flavours cued recollective retrieval, eliciting sensorially rich and strong positive emotional experiences that participants deeply enjoyed. The latest mergers and acquisitions M&A report covering the UK food and beverage F&B sector shows a 29% drop in deal volume from May to August when compared with the same months in the prior year. Analysis from the London-based independent corporate finance house Ogma Partners for the period showed that there were 22 deals with a corresponding overall estimated deal value of approximately £270 million 
compared to the £3.9 billion in the prior year period, a decline of more than 90%. This continued a trend set in the first four months of 2022 from January to April. Ogma Partners believes that the decline in activity is related to a number of factors. Firstly, business uncertainty due to a very difficult trading environment with many food and beverage companies having to put through sharp price increases with more to follow in the coming months. According to the UK's Office of National Statistics, the Consumer Prices Index, including owner-occupiers' housing costs, rose by 8.6% in the 12 months to August 2022, down marginally from 8.8% in July. The ONS said that the food and non-alcoholic beverages sectors were amongst those that were the largest upward contributors to the annual CPIH inflation rise in August 2022. Secondly, when it comes to debt availability and cost, it appears that liquidity is getting tighter with banks less willing to lend while the cost of debt is rising as governments seek to fight inflation and also fund expansionary fiscal budgets. Thirdly, there is a changing appetite for risk seen in public markets via rising bond yields, a falling bond market and lower debt availability. This has resulted in reduced appetite for deals from sellers due to lower valuations. There's a Scottish distillery that does not make a retail whisky, not just yet. Edinburgh's Holyrood Distillery, founded in 2019, will produce a single malt scotch next year. But right now its focus is on rums and learning from the category's maturation techniques. This month, Holyrood launched its first blend called Rum Union, initially available online for a 70 centilitre bottle costing £39.99. While Scotland has deep-rooted connections to whisky, it has also developed a reputation for other categories, gin in particular. Edinburgh Gin from Ian MacLeod Distillers and Holyrood's own gin, Height of Arrows, are two of many examples. Rums are more novel and Holyrood has shimmied right in there. The new Rum Union launch is the latest step in Holyrood Distillery's journey from an experimental gin and whisky maker to becoming the first ever British producer to be awarded the IWSC Rum Producer of the Year. The big prize in 2022 was for its Elizabeth Yard Diamond Distillery 10-year-old ungrogged American Oak Octave product. In March, Holyrood released a series of specialised casks known collectively as Elizabeth Yard, named after the distillery's warehouses, just outside the city of Edinburgh. They were once used as the storehouses for the Royal Navy, which has long lived rum connections. A key aspect of these cask lines is that they were based on liquids from non-traditional rum-producing countries, including the Philippines, Vietnam and Ghana. Rum Union, as the name implies, marries the different flavours from the countries into a complex expression. Trial and experimentation are part of the ethos of Holyrood distillers, involving the exploration of differing maturation techniques, timings and wood types. Using a sugarcane juice harvested from Vietnam creates a highly aromatic and floral post-distillation. When blended with the powerful pot, still from Ghana and molasses-based rums from the Philippines, the signature note is one of caramelised banana that sits at the heart. Bringing together three single-estate rums creates a complexity that does not require additional colouring, flavours or additives, and it is also non-chilled filtered. That's it for this edition of Food for Thought, the CL podcast. Feel free to like, share and comment on the podcast and keep an eye on the CL newsroom with news for Europe, Asia and the Americas. For now, from me, David Addison, it's goodbye.